You're listening to Teach Me Thy Statutes, a production of the Ephesus School Network. Blessed art thou, O Lord, teach me thy statutes. The company of the angels was amazed. Hi, this is Father Aaron Warwick with Jason Everett, and you are listening to the Teach Me Thy Statutes podcast, episode number 141. Today's reading is from St. Paul's letter to the Hebrews, chapter 11, verses 9 through 10, and verses 32 through 40. Brethren, by faith Abraham sojourned in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked forward to the city which has foundation, whose builder and maker is God. And what more shall I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, received promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched raging fire, escaped the edge of the sword, won strength out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight. Women received their dead by resurrection. Some were tortured, refusing to accept release, that they might rise again to a better life. Others suffered mocking and scourging and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn in two, they were tempted, they were killed with the sword, They went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, afflicted, ill-treated, of whom the world was not worthy, wandering over deserts and mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. And all these, though well attested by their faith, did not receive what was promised, since God had foreseen something better for us, that apart from us they should not be made perfect. Today's reading is appointed for the Sunday before the Nativity, And it accompanies the reading of the genealogy of Christ from Matthew's Gospel. So to begin today, Father, before discussing this specific epistle reading in a little more depth, would you first discuss why these two readings are paired together as we approach the nativity of our Lord? Yeah, I I do think there's a connection between this epistle and the opening of Matthew's Gospel. As you noted, these are both appointed to be read on the Sunday before Christmas. And now, obviously, that's an important time on the church calendar, so we're very deliberate in appointing these readings. And since we will get into the epistle a little more later, let me start by briefly discussing the genealogy that's found in Matthew's Gospel, which is the complementary Gospel reading, and then we can get into the connections. Sounds good, Father. All right, we could have an entire episode on the genealogy reading, but since today is not only about that reading, let me just highlight two things that I think are important about the genealogy as it will relate to Hebrews 11, this epistle reading you just read. So first, the genealogy connects Jesus Christ to a time and place in history. In other words, it underscores what we often refer to as the incarnation, or as St. John calls it, were we to translate what he says literally into English, the encampment, the word of God dwelling among us. So the genealogy functions to place the Christ into time and space, so to speak, into human history. And even more specifically, the genealogy places Jesus within the line of the Jews. Of note, related to this, the genealogy begins not with Adam, the first man, but rather with Abraham. And why is that, Father? Uh, Why not trace Jesus' roots back to Adam, uh, like Luke did in his gospel? Well, it seems Matthew is highlighting the promise given to Abraham that he would become the father of many nations. Remember how St. Paul, in his epistles, 
emphasizes that promise made to Abraham and how Jesus is the fulfillment of that promise, bringing about the reconciliation of all nations to the God of Abraham. So Matthew, by tracing the genealogy only back to Abraham, seems to be underscoring this key promise that God made to Abraham all the way back in the beginning in the book of Genesis. Okay, so that makes sense. And as you've pointed out, uh, the genealogy places Christ within human history, and more precisely within the history, uh, the story of Abraham's offspring. And that's important because God promised to make Abraham the father of many nations. Father, what's the other key point that you wanted to highlight about the genealogy that will eventually tie us back into the complimentary epistle reading for the Sunday before Christmas? The other point I want to highlight is that Christ's genealogy is not what we would expect of a king of worldly royalty. By the standards of the world, the royal line should be unadulterated. It should be pure, pristine, but such is not the case with Christ. His lineage, his genealogy is messy. And how so? Matthew follows Christ's lineage through the males. So we hear about how a man had a son, who then had a son, who then had a son, and so forth. So we hear this, uh, this uh, lineage for 42 generations of a, a man having a son, and so forth. But Matthew breaks this pattern to mention four specific women, and they muddy up Christ's genealogy. One of them, Ruth, is actually a pious woman, but she's an outsider, a Moabite, from a rival tribe of the Jews. So Jesus does not come, as it were, from pure Jewish blood. There is an outsider, which of course is appropriate, because Jesus will bring in the outsiders into the covenant community. But the other three, they're even more problematic from the perspective of royal lineage. And what's the problem with them? Well, they're harlots or adulteresses. So in an ordinary genealogy of royalty, you certainly would overlook them. You definitely would not do what Matthew did, which is not to only to not overlook them, but actually to draw attention to them. And what's the purpose of drawing attention uh, to these harlots? I think the purpose is something we've discussed numerous times because it's a constant theme throughout the Bible, namely that God works through the despised of this world. He works through the weak, through the outcast, through the poor. But differently, as we hear in Scripture, God's ways are not our ways. While we exalt the powerful and look to have rulers that we view as being pristine or pure or above us in some way, the King of all, the Christ, comes from the lowliest of the low. Okay, so to summarize then, you've highlighted the, ge- uh, the genealogy in Matthew connects Jesus to a time and place in history and within the context of God's scriptural promise to Abraham and that it also shows how God works through the weak and despised of this world. So to conclude today, how does this connect to the epistle reading used on that same Sunday, the one from Hebrews 11 that I read at the beginning of this episode? Well, I think that the connection uh, to both, it connects to both the themes I mentioned about the genealogy and the opening of the epistle reading. We hear about Abraham being a, quote, sojourner. Now, a sojourner is someone with a temporary residence. Uh, The epistle then further notes that Abraham, quote, lived in tents, which is essentially underscoring him being a sojourner. And then we hear why he was a sojourner. Quote, he looked forward to the city which has foundation, whose builder and maker is God. End of the quote. 
So what this epistle then is stressing is similar to what I mentioned about the genealogy and how God's ways are not our ways. Abraham is not submitting to the laws and customs of this world. He's submitting to the biblical God, the God who delivered on his promise to give Abraham a son in his old age in the book of Genesis. And then second, we hear in the rest of the epistle the connection between the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. We hear about how these figures mentioned from the Old Testament put their faith in God, how they overcame persecution and hardship because of their faith. And of course, it's an admonition for us to do the same with them being examples. Yet, as the epistle concludes, we hear that they, quote, did not receive what was promised, i.e. the Messiah, the Christ, and that apart from us, they should not be made perfect. That is to say, we are connected to them and they are connected to us through God's covenant made with Abraham that he would be made the father of many nations. Thank you, Father. Today's episode examined the connection between the readings appointed for the Sunday before Christmas. Father Aaron began by discussing the genealogy from Matthew's Gospel, namely that it connects Jesus to a time and place in human history. It also highlights the promise made to Abraham and how Jesus is the fulfillment of that promise, bringing about the reconciliation of the nations to the God of Abraham. Also of importance in the genealogy is that the royal line should be pure. However, we see with the inclusion of Ruth, who was an outsider, and the inclusion of several others who were harlots and adulteresses, that Christ, the King of all, comes from the despised of the world, This illustrates the point yet again that God works through the weak and the outcast. And specific to our reading from Hebrews 11, we hear about Abraham being a sojourner and living in tents, looking, quote, forward to the city which has foundation, whose building and maker is God, end quote. Abraham did not submit to the laws and customs of the world. Rather, he submitted to the biblical God, the God who delivered on his promise. Thank you for listening to Teach Me Thy Statutes. We hope you tune in next week for a new episode. Alleluia, glory to thee, O God. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia.